0: I'm Alicia Michalaisak-Kurtz, an emergency doctor based in California, and this is Real Talk, a place where doctors and other healthcare professionals tell stories about their human experiences working in medicine. On today's episode, we'll hear a story from Jane Cook, an emergency department PA in Kansas City, Missouri. Jane's story was recorded live at a small Real Talk session in Chicago, Illinois. Do you ever think about how you got where you are. Like right now, living in this city, or going to this school, working in this specific job. There was a time when choosing a career in healthcare was a pretty uneventful and consistent story. You were smart, did well in school, liked science, wanted a respectable career, and so, for example, you became a doctor. You go to college as a pre-med, attend medical school, complete residency, and voila, doctor just like all the other doctors. These days, though, it's not so much like that. Many people working in healthcare took a far more windy road to get here, with inspiration and guidance from all kinds of experiences they had before they ever picked up a stethoscope or put on a pair of scrubs. And then, how did they decide exactly what to become? There's so much more in healthcare than being a doctor or a nurse. How does one choose to become a respiratory therapist, for example? or a hospital case manager, or an advanced provider like a physician assistant or PA, or a nurse practitioner. For some, life's random events sort of slowly push us along until we find ourselves where we're pretty sure we're supposed to be without being 100% sure how we got there. For others, the universe seems to play a far more organized role in the matter, presenting signs and patterns that we can't ignore. And then one day it just hits you. This is Jane's story.
1: So I have worked as a PA in emergency medicine for almost 18 years. And during that time, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff and I've met some really interesting people. But I have the hardest time remembering particular cases or patients unless reminded by a colleague, nurse, tech, or an impressionable scribe i started calling this condition healthcare-associated dementia. (laughs) Since I suffer from this condition, (laughs) when asked to look back at memories from medicine, I can only really remember the people or moments that affected me over the years. Like this one time, I shoved a beef bone up my nose at the age of two. Okay, so I don't personally remember this one But when I was younger, my parents would take every single opportunity to tell my friends how hilarious it was that I had to be put in a straitjacket just to get the bone out. (laughs) This became known as my first experience as a patient and a combative one at that. Another fun memory was last summer while I was visiting friends in Austin. I woke up feeling like I probably had appendicitis. It was so surreal, and I was actually in such denial about this that I got on an airplane and flew home. (laughs) Luckily, between the fever, the abdominal pain, and the lack of appetite, I was able to keep myself NPO. So when I got off the plane, I was able to get my appendix out within a couple of hours. What's a little leukocytosis of 19,000, anyway? (laughs) (laughs) But my most meaningful memory, of course, was the day that I realized that I wanted to become a physician assistant. It was the fall of 1996, and I was walking to a biology class on the University of Nebraska campus when I was struck by a car. I don't remember the accident, but I know I was a trauma activation at Lincoln General Hospital. A man stood over my head and introduced himself as Dale, the PA working in the ER that day. A PA? In a strange coincidence, just the day before, my mother had mentioned this as a healthcare career option that I had never heard of. You see, I knew I wanted to go into the healthcare field, but my mom, an ICU nurse of over 20 years, had forbid me from being a nurse. I was a smart kid with an interest in healthcare who wasn't allowed to go to nursing school. So I declared biology as my major with a pre-med emphasis. It became pretty clear though that I did not want to go to medical school, but I didn't know what else there was. So here I was with no clear direction of where in healthcare I belonged. My mom had just told me about physician assistants and now I just happened to be meeting a real life PA. It was a sign. I was convinced the universe wanted me to become a physician assistant. So as I laid there, boarded and collared, being stripped, stickered, and poked with needles, I seized the opportunity. Dale, the PA, would ask me questions about my medical history, and I'd ask him where he went to PA school. (laughs) He'd ask about drug allergies, and I'd ask him what his favorite part about being a PA was. Yes, I realize now how annoying I must have been But he was so patient and gracious and kind, and allowed this to go on for a while, allowing me to finally come to the conclusion that this guy was kind of a badass, and I wanted to be just like him. (laughs) I left the ED that evening with a stable pelvic fracture, a concussion, multiple large hematomas, missing a chunk of my right ear, and thanks to Dale the PA with a clear focus of what my future in medicine could be. You're looking at my ear right now, aren't you? (laughs) It's still there. (laughs) I changed my emphasis from pre-med to pre-PA studies, started shadowing and applied to PA school in the next application cycle. I was accepted to the school of my first choice on my very first attempt. What? (laughs) Another sign. (laughs) This was my destiny. (laughs) I completed PA school and accepted my first job in rural Wyoming. I was hired to work in the ED, which was staffed 24 seven by PAs with on-call physician backup. I remember walking onto every single shift, absolutely terrified, worried that someone was going to die. And then another memorable moment, I had my first code. She had walked in with complaints of thigh pain, and during her evaluation, she had an episode of dyspnea that improved with supplemental oxygen. So I started a cardiopulmonary workup. But within 20 minutes, we were coding her. And within an hour of that, she was dead. I walked out of the bay and burst into tears. And then I did what any other self-respecting professional would do at 2.30 in the morning. I called my mom. I finished my shift, went home, and proceeded to cry for another day, not really sure how I was going to walk back into that hospital in just 36 short hours. I thought about Dale the PA a lot in the following days. Surely he too had had similar experiences, and he probably hadn't cried at work or called his mom. (laughs) What was I doing? Well. I decided I should go back to work, and the strangest thing happened. The fear I'd experienced before every shift was now gone. I was strangely calm, and I realized that the worst thing I thought could happen already did happen, and now it was behind me and something I had definitely learned from. About a year later, I was at a state conference, and I saw Dale, the PA. I was so excited to tell him how my encounter with him in the ED had influenced my decision to become a PA and how I too was now working in the ER and what a mentor he had been to me. But I completely chickened out. (laughs) I think I was starstruck. (laughs) Nevertheless, the universe spoke to me again. And a few years ago, I was in Key West at a CME course and you'll never guess, Who was sitting two rows in front of me and on the other side of the room? Seriously? (laughs) No guesses? It was Dale, the PA. During one of our breaks, we happened to be at the same refreshment station. Okay, okay. So I might have been slightly stalkery and maneuvered myself to be near him. Regardless, I mustered up. all the courage I had to introduce myself and told him everything I had wished I told him all those years before. It felt amazing to talk to this PA who I had looked up to for all these years, who for my entire career had been a pinnacle of what a physician assistant is and who unknowingly helped me surmount some of my biggest career obstacles. He did not remember me. And that's okay. (laughs) But I remember him and that life-changing day. I also determined that he too must suffer from the condition of healthcare-associated dementia. (laughs) Like
0: Jane, we can all remember those signs that first brought us to medicine Or those people we met and those decisions we made that led us down the path to where we are now. The reasons that we felt inspired to devote our lives to caring for patients. Who or what inspired you to go into medicine or to choose the career and life path that you chose? What are some early moments that stood out to you from your first days on the job and how did you get over that initial fear and uncertainty? Like Jane with her mom, who do you call when you're feeling helpless or need to be brought back up? If you have a story that you want to share with Real Talk, or you want more information about our program, email us at realtalk@vituity.com or follow us on Instagram at real.talk.podcast. Special thanks to Jane Cook for sharing her story with us. To the team at Vituity for supporting this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk.